This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. With your host, John Rush. All right, hour number three. I am your host, John Rush. Rush to Reason, KLZ 560, Denver's Afternoon Rush. David Stockman joining us now. As I said earlier, he would be author of The Great Money Bubble, Protect Yourself from the Coming Inflation Storm. Welcome, David. How are you? Very good. Happy to be with you. Well, I appreciate you joining us. And um, how do I say this? The Coming Inflation Storm? I thought it was already here. (laughs) Well, uh, actually, I finished the book up early this year, and they locked in the title when it was coming. Uh, the book took a while to uh, publish because there was a sure. big backlog in the supply chain. You couldn't get paper, among other things, oh, my word. which, of course, has been an inflationary factor. But uh, the larger point I'm making is this inflation didn't come out of the blue in the last five months or 12 nope. months or two years. It's basically been percolating for several decades as a result of really bad fiscal and monetary policy in Washington. The government has been spending and borrowing uh, like never before, and to make it easy for the politicians, the Fed has monetized a huge uh, part of that debt, thereby keeping interest rates artificially low and making it possible for the politicians to have the best of both worlds. They didn't drive up interest rates and thereby alienate businessmen and mortgage borrowers and the rest of their constituents. At the same time, they were able to finance, uh, you know, this tremendous expansion of the public debt uh, with no sweat and, you know, on the theory that uh, uh, there's a free lunch. Well, there obviously isn't. The inflation uh, was building in the system. It finally broke out. Uh, I think really since about March 2021, Mm -hmm. the Fed is now scrambling. It's way behind the curve, trying to catch up. It had interest rates at zero for years and years, which is totally absurd. And everybody is now complaining on Wall Street that they've overdone it, that they've moved interest rates 400 basis points. But when you go from zero to 4% on the federal funds rate, and the inflation rate is still running at 7%, eight percent you haven't you haven't corrected the problem at all you can't have you know interest rates that are below the inflation level that are underwater that mean mean that anybody who's saving money uh, is losing uh, principal with each passing day so the Fed has a long way yet to go uh, this storm is just getting started so it's not a coming storm it's a 
emerging storm. Right. But it's going to take a good while uh, to work out of this uh, gargantuan mess. What do you feel like the Fed should do next? I mean, you know, you and I both know they can't just keep raising, 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 raising. Eventually, they kill the economy completely. So they have to be strategic. And I am one that I guess question I have for you as well is. Do they have the same tools they used to have, or has the economy grown past what the Fed can even do? Yeah, well, those those are great questions, and I think I would say it's too late for them to be strategic. Hmm. They should have been thinking about that when they took the balance sheet of the Fed. Agree. Uh, even uh, in, in 2008, the balance sheet of the Fed, uh, at, before the crisis mm-hmm. that we uh, all you know suffered through, uh, it was only about eight hundred billion. Well, it's nine. It was nine trillion at the peak a few months ago. So when they took the balance sheet up tenfold, they should have been thinking strategically: How are we going to cope uh, with the aftermath when all this inflation works through the financial system and eventually into the price of gasoline and groceries? But they weren't. Right. So now I think they have no choice but to man up. <clears throat> and basically tell the American public there's going to be one rip-roaring recession. There's no way out of this. And uh, it's going to last a lot longer than we would like or that the public is prepared for. But that's the honest truth. Uh, But, of course, they're not going to do that. They're going to keep playing these guessing games. Are they going to pivot? Are they going to raise rates 50 basis points or 75 basis points? But that's really behind, uh, that's really beside the point. I was around in the late 70s, early 80s Me too. in Washington. Me too. Uh, uh, Not when, in Washington, uh, but I was around the business world. Okay, but, you know, you remember that when Volcker took over yep. in August uh, 1979, he was infl- facing a double-digit inflation. The interest rate at that time uh, was below inflation by about 1% or 2%. He didn't hesitate. He pushed up the interest rates to the mid-teens, and eventually the funds rate hit 20%. That means that in real terms, after inflation, the interest rate, the real interest rate, uh, was uh, ranged between 6 and 9%. That did kill off the inflation. That put the economy on a solid basis that led then to a period of growth that everybody uh, thinks was wonderful. But it was painful getting there because... Once you make the big mistakes uh, in central bank monetary policy, then uh, you have to uh, live with the consequences. So I would say today, if we look back to what Volcker did and what was required to break the back of this uh, inflation spiral that we had then and we're uh, suffering again now, uh, it's going to take a lot more broken furniture, both on Wall Street and in the Main Street economy, uh, than uh, anybody is contemplating at the present time. David, my fear is, when it comes to the Fed, is, again, do they even have the same tools in the toolbox they had even, say, back in the 70s? What I mean by that is supply chains, for example. No offense, yeah. but the Fed, outside of the price of fuel, doesn't really control much when it comes to the supply chain end of things, which, by the way, is where some of our, I believe, where some of our inflation has also come from. Uh, you know, a lot of what happened even during COVID and the shutdowns. And, and by the way, to my, in my opinion, that drove a lot of inflation up as well. So question for you, if they don't have the same tools in the toolbox, they can't do the same thing they did back in the 70s and accept, and accept this, you know, expect the same results. 
Yeah, uh, I think that's right, and I think uh, the uh, when it comes to the tools in the toolbox, there's a huge difference between the inflation of the 1970s and what we have today. Um, I've uh, termed it, you know, the, that was your grandfather's inflation mm-hmm. in the 1970s, but today, the and that was mainly domestic, today the inflation is global, and the Fed's, the, um, Fed's ability to uh, impact the global economy and, uh, you know, commodity prices or supply chain costs and prices uh, are far more limited than back in the 1970s when it could force mortgage rates up or business right. uh, borrowing uh, prime rates up and bring the economy uh, to a cooling uh, phase very quickly. Today, uh, it has far less reach, yep. and the lag time between the Fed uh uh, moving to uh, belatedly to a tightening policy, and when you see the effects, is much longer. Now that doesn't mean that the Fed has a, a free hall pass, so to speak. Agree. And, uh, that, Agree. And, uh, that, because the the thing that is important to remember is you can't run an economy on negative real interest rates. It just doesn't work. You're subsidizing debt. You're encouraging people uh, to basically uh, overspend, overinvest and you end up uh, with the mess that we have today. So you have to get real interest rates into meaningful, positive territory that is above the inflation rate. And if the inflation rate only comes down to 5 or 6% in the next year or two, which I think is the best we can hope for, yeah. that means that interest rates need to be 7 8 9% well above where they are at roughly uh, 5% on the funds rate or 4%, excuse me, on the funds rate, and even less than that on the uh, 10-year Treasury. In in other words, the government is still uh, on the margin borrowing 10-year money at 3.5%, that's where it was today, uh, when the inflation rate is 8%. That doesn't compute. That isn't sustainable. That's uh, very uh, upside-down economics uh, that uh, are going to have to change. David Stockman with us now, author of The Great Money Bubble. David, I want to ask you one last question, though, along those same lines. Are we also not in a predicament, a conundrum, if you would, to where our national debt now is so high, so much more so than it was in the 70s, that for every you know, half or three-quarters of a basis point we raise, we as taxpayers are on the hook for the interest on that. And at some point, you know, there becomes this this seesaw effect, if you would, to where if we get too high, and I, and I understand what you're saying, but I guess the question I've got is, can we do that knowing what our national debt is? Well, I think I have a pretty good perspective on that, because when I uh, became budget director in January 1981, the national debt was $950 billion, uh, less than $1 trillion, uh, and we were going to have to raise the debt ceiling, and Ronald Reagan was extremely unhappy that that was Jimmy Carter's parting gift. Today, the uh, public debt is thirty-one trillion. Correct. It's three. Uh, it's uh, thirty-one times higher. Correct. The GDP is up maybe five times uh, during that period, and therefore the debt, which was forty percent of GDP uh, back then when Reagan took over, is now one hundred and twenty-seven percent of GDP. So you're exactly right. Uh, as interest rates are normalized, because they have to be, there's no way around it. You can't run 
uh, a sound or sustainable economy uh, without positive real rates. But as they normalize, um, the cost of uh, servicing the federal debt is going to explode. A year and a half ago, it was running at about $300 billion annual rate. Within a short period of time, with rates where they are now or slightly higher, it's going to be a trillion a year. Right. Okay? Right. And that's... That's a that's, lot of money. Uh, the, that's the skunk on the wood pile. That's right. You know, that's your money. That's uh, our money as taxpayers. And the only additional point is the $31 trillion of public debt, federal debt, is only uh, a third of the problem. If we look at total debt, which is household debt, uh, business debt, financial debt, and then the public sector, it's $91 trillion. Correct. And so when the Fed raises the rate, 1%... Actually, it's, I'm looking at the world clock. It's now $93 trillion. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, all right. If we look at the <laughs> and climbing as we speak, David. Yes, yes, right. The last, at the last quarter published by the uh, Federal Reserve, it was 91. But the point is, a 1% increase in interest rates across the entire economy is a trillion-dollar gain in debt service costs, which means that people are going to be seeing their living standards shrink or businesses are going to be spending money on servicing debt and not on productivity right. uh, investments or expansion. The whole thing is, uh, you know, a very bad uh, economic equation. And I shall, as you said a moment ago, we should remind people, you worked under Reagan in that administration as well, so you're very familiar with what's going on. Yep, uh, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, we thought it was bad then, but I think this... Uh, this has only gotten far worse. None of the lessons that should have been learned have been learned. And uh, I think we're now entering that period where uh, the chickens are coming home to roost. Okay, last question. I'll let you go. What should people do to fight this off in their own world? Well, the first thing is do not uh, fall for the claim coming out of Wall Street and brokers that the bottom's in. Now's the time uh, to make a big uh, gamble. Uh, and uh, a, a large return. The bottom isn't nearly in, in my judgment, because this problem is way too big, way too severe, and way too embedded in the economy. So stocks and bonds are not a good idea at all. Uh, people need to reduce their debt because the interest rate on it is only going to go higher, I think a lot higher over time. Okay. If, you be, if you're fortunate enough to have some big winners because you bought tech stocks, <clears throat> or other high flyers, now would be a great time to cash out, pay down debt, and uh, hunker down uh, for the, uh, you know, uh, storm ahead. And then finally, um, is, at the end of the day, the only real money left in the world is gold, and I think it's a good defensive investment, a good hedge, and it may go up uh, significantly as well as this crisis uh, unfolds. And finally, um, there is the option now of uh, so-called TIPS, or inflation-protected treasuries, because uh, they uh, guarantee you get all your money back, including inflation during the holding period, plus uh, interest uh, on top of that, uh, which is nothing to write home about. You're not going to get rich on it. It's not like doubling your money. But uh, you're not losing. Months, but, but you're preserving your capital and you're uh, keeping your powder right. dry uh, for a, a better day, 
which eventually will come. David, thank you so much for joining us again, author of The Great Money Bubble, Protect Yourself from the Coming Inflation Storm. It's a joy having you, sir. Appreciate it very much. Very good. Happy to be with you. Appreciate it. Take care. Have a great evening. Geno's Auto Service is next, by the way, folks. And at Geno's, they want to take care of all of your vehicle needs. From bumper-to-bumper service, they've got you covered, and they do specialize on in steering and alignments and those things as well. And as you get to the end of the year, make sure that you've got things buttoned up on your vehicle, especially before you start traveling this next holiday uh, season, which is Christmas, by the way. 303-794-6700. That's Geno's Auto Service. Don't forget, Geno starts with a J. Take advantage of Geno's Auto Service's Alignment and Tire Rotation Special. Winter in Colorado can be tough on your car. Now, through the end of the month, get your vehicle aligned and all four tires rotated for just $99.99. For just $99.99. Geno's can also check to see that your heater is working properly with the cold months ahead. For over 39 years, Geno's has been serving customers along the front range. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. Any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a Napa Peace of Mind warranty covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. Don't forget to check out all of Geno's Google reviews. This holiday season, Geno's would like to thank all their clients and longtime customers for their patronage and support. We truly appreciate it. Wishing everyone happy holidays. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Veteran Windows Indoors is next, and uh, Dave wants to help you out with not only your joy score over your home, but how you can save money on energy at the same time, which right now is a big, big deal. So give Dave a call today, 303-529-0720. Replace your windows this season without making sacrifices to your comfort. Relax, knowing that even when your installation is scheduled during the winter, Veteran Windows Indoors won't interrupt the functionality of your home. By installing one window at a time, they can contain temperature changes to one area of your home during the install by sealing off areas of the house where possible. Veteran windows and doors prioritize your standard of living now and in the future, too. Every job is fully weatherproofed and flashed by your technician, going beyond what building codes require, so you never need to worry about the integrity of the insulation after the job is done. Replace your windows or doors this winter with Veteran Windows and Doors and ensure your comfort during the install and in the future, too. Call 303-529-0270 now. That's 303-529-0720. Or fill out a contact form at klzradio.com windows to make an appointment. Group insurance analysts, folks, anything when it comes to insurance, whether it's home, uh, auto, your personal insurance, or sorry, health insurance, you name it, they've got you covered. That's group insurance analysts. And again, they specialize in some of you that live in the mountains as well, because not everybody insures up there. 303-423-0162. It pays to shop for health insurance. Plans and prices change every year. Get the best plan at the best price for your health and financial needs. Call GIA Risk Management, your local enrollment center, today at 303-423-0162, extension 100. GIA Risk Management is certified by Connect for Health Colorado, Colorado's official health insurance marketplace. Make an appointment today by calling 303-423-0162, extension 100. You don't like the way your business has trapped you into working an overtime job every week. 
John Rush teaches folks in your situation to get out from under their companies using his 40 years of industry experience. Your operation isn't fully functional, at least not with the way it's been going. John Rush will help you fix that by bringing his own knowledge to the table. You're an expert in your industry, so give that job to someone else whose hourly is not as costly as yours should be. John wants you to make your operation run for you. Email John Rush now. That's John at RushToReason.com. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. Scott Garlis is going to join us in a minute, give us his opinion on some of what we even went through a moment ago with our last guest, which, you know, I try to be very respectful to our guests. And while I agree with some of the things that we talked to David about a moment ago, I don't agree with everything he said. I don't feel like our inflationary problems today have been brewing for decades. We had very low inflation and a very good economy under Trump which wasn't that long ago, so I would have to disagree with David on that one. This inflationary period we're in right now has come from one thing, and in my opinion, one thing only, COVID and the way we handled it. We locked things down. We handed out money. We printed a gob of it. We gave it to people. We gave it to businesses. And then we wonder why we have what we have today. You know, Andy and I both predicted what we have now way back then, so I could see it coming. So, uh, you know, they gave it to fraudsters. We give it to foreign countries. You know, there's there's hackers all over the world that ended up with it. I mean, we handled it 1,000% wrong. And I am not one that feels like this inflationary period we have now has been coming for years and years. One thing else I don't agree with David on is anytime the Fed adds to interest rates, they also create inflation. They do that because, as I've always said, businesses don't eat their expenses. He said a moment ago that, yeah, you know, that means they don't have as much money to spend on R&D and this and that and the other. Well, that's not necessarily true. What businesses do is they raise the price of their goods to cover those increased costs. So, in a way, the Fed raising interest rates adds to inflation and doesn't cut it back. I'm also not one that I agree with his philosophy on you've got to have the Fed interest rates way above inflation. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that, folks. We, we've ran many, many years uh, opposite of that. And, and, and no, I don't agree with his point on that. Now, what does the Fed do? I'm not the Fed. I wouldn't have done what the Fed's done. I would have taken it a much more slow approach to what the Fed has done, and I would have done a wait and see on things. Even though I'm a pretty much, you know, guys know me, I'm pretty much, okay, let's get her done now. In this particular case, I would have raised rates, waited a quarter. I would have raised rates, waited a quarter. What's the harm in doing that? And that's what I would have to ask the Fed back. What's the harm in doing that? They feel like because they got so behind, they had to play catch up quickly. And that doesn't work either. They're their own worst enemy at times. We'll talk to Scott about this in a moment. But at the end of the day, they don't know. I'm just going to be frank. They don't know what they're doing. They're trying to reel in something that they don't have the tools to reel in anymore. And as I've said for numerous, numerous months now, they can't affect the supply chain like they think they can. The Fed thinks they have a lot more power, in my opinion, than what they really have. And they're learning that now as they go through this process. The economy is not the way it was in the 70s when David was working under the Reagan administration. I, I like David. I like a lot of what he said. 
I don't agree with everything in what he said. Maybe some of you do, but I'm not one of those individuals because of the things I just noted a moment ago. Lots of other factors that have created this situation. And as I said and closed with David on, which he really didn't give me much of an answer on, is the Fed's biggest enemy is our national debt. When you're carrying $31 trillion in debt that we as taxpayers are responsible for, that eats up budgets. We cannot do that forever without having other huge cutbacks along the way, or it just continues to exacerbate itself. Now, if that's what David thinks is going to happen, he didn't say that, then that's a whole other discussion. I think, and we'll find out from Scott here in a few minutes, the Fed needs to slow down some. I think, frankly, they will. There's signs out there that the economy is cooling in a lot of areas. And there's already been announcements, I saw some today, where one in three companies talk about layoffs in 2023. That's what the Fed wanted to see. So when they start getting reports like that, I do think that will be cause for them to slow down some. But we'll talk to Scott in a moment and find out whether I'm right or not. Extreme Auto Repair is coming up next. Make sure that your vehicle is all up to speed as you head into this Christmas season. And they can help you out with tires as well at their cost. KLZradio.com, 303-841-1071. Don't wait to take your car in until you're broken down in a storm, wishing you had done the maintenance. Bring your car into Extreme Auto Repair for maintenance now. Snow could come at any time, and you don't want to be caught off guard in poor conditions, not knowing the condition of your vehicle. Make sure those crucial components of your car, including your tires, battery, headlights, and heater, are going to last you through the winter. As the weather starts changing, fluctuating temperatures affect your car beyond what you see on the surface. So addressing the issues now is critical. Extreme Auto will help you winterize your vehicle, explaining why they recommend certain services to better prepare you for the cold months. Colorado winters are unpredictable. So give Extreme Auto Repair a call now to set up a maintenance appointment. 303-841-1071. 303-841-1071. Or write them a message at klzradio.com slash extreme. All right, Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Get that furnace tune-up special now, especially before Christmas hits, and make sure that you're all ready for the holidays. 720-526-0231. Replacing your furnace can be stressful for your whole family. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air will alleviate the stress of replacing your furnace with service that puts your family first. Absolute offers a 100% customer satisfaction guarantee because they value honesty, earning your family's trust with honest work. Their technicians prioritize your family with integrity by never upselling you on something you don't need during your replacement. They offer flexible financing, so you don't have to make sacrifices to make sure your family's needs are provided for. Their team goes above and beyond to get the replacement done in one day whenever possible, so you can get back to spending quality time together. Get your family-friendly estimate for replacing your home comfort system now with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air by visiting klzradio.com absolute or call 720-526-0231 to schedule today. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, High Five Plumbing, again, this is a number you need to have on your fridge, in your home, somewhere where if you have any kind of plumbing problem, it's the number to dial, 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. Winterizing your swamp cooler yourself sounds easy until you're actually on the roof trying to figure it out. 
Don't forego this essential winter checklist item. Call the experts at High Five Plumbing. Preparing your swamp cooler for winter is imperative to stave off mildew, mold, and rust that can build up over time with improper care. Properly winterizing your swamp cooler maximizes its life, so leave it to the professionals at High Five. The main issue that can arise from incorrectly winterizing your swamp cooler is burst or cracked pipes. In the summer, when you try to use it, you discover that it's broken or worse, that it caused devastating hidden water damage to your home. Don't skip this crucial winter prep. Call High Five Plumbing. Mention KLZ for a waived service call fee and a free tub of BioClean drain cleaner. Visit klzradio.com slash plumbing or call 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. That's 877-934-4445. High Five Plumbing, where every call ends in a high five. Now, back to Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we are back, and Scott Garlis joining us now, Stansbury Research. Scott, how are you, sir? Hey, Kelly, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. We spent the last uh, segment or so uh, interviewing a particular gentleman that worked in the Reagan administration back in the day, and we had a little conversation about inflation and why it's here. And, I, you know, I didn't want to argue with an 80-year-old guy that used to work under Reagan, but I think... He's not correct in some of the things that he feels is causing inflation. And, you know, that's why you're here. And I, no offense, you're, you're watching this like I on a daily basis. I, I uh, shared with a texter of mine a moment ago that I feel like some of these guys that write books, they're great. Not, not arguing anything along those lines. But I wonder, Scott, how many of these guys live on Main Street versus some other street? I'm on Main Street. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, and it's, you know... One of the things that's painful is, like, most people I know have the, their, their wealth is tied up in their homes. And when we're destroying the value of people's homes, that's, that's not making them feel very wealthy. No, it's not. And, and now, this particular gentleman's, and this is where I want to get your opinion. His opinion is the Fed yep. has to keep base interest rates above the rate of inflation. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Well, if we did that, Scott... We'd have base rates up around 8%. You'd be borrowing at 13 or 14, and we're back into the 70s all over again. Uh, that is correct, and that would completely cripple the economy. Yeah, we can't do that, Scott. It would be a disaster. Yeah, that, that, it just, that, and by the way, I don't think the Fed's looking at that because that's just not going to happen. No, I mean, the only guy who's even suggested something remotely close is... Uh, Jim Bullard at the St. Louis Federal Reserve, he has said uh, you need to see rates get to five to five and a quarter minimum, and he is saying a maximum of seven percent. So seven percent wouldn't even be be there right now uh, in terms of where inflation is. But yeah, I, I don't think anybody at the Fed wants to see uh, interest rates. I mean, and if I'm not mistaken, and this is you know our title of your. Your, uh, you know, your segment today, reasons why the Fed may be going too far and need to change course sooner than later. I mean, there are things yeah. now coming in that are talking about things slowing down, economically speaking. Even though the Fed doesn't have all the tools they used to, they have had an effect upon the economy. And things are slowing. Question is, are they paying attention to that? Yeah, no, you know, I, I, I don't. Well, I mean, I would hope they're paying attention. I don't think they necessarily are at the moment, though. Um, I think things are definitely slowing. Uh, Jerome Powell has even said right now what we're seeing from an economic growth standpoint is we're flat for the year to the first three quarters of the year versus 5.7% 
what we did last year. So the rate of growth has slowed a lot. Um, it, it definitely hasn't kept up with inflation. Uh, but, yeah, so I think the Fed's kind of looking at it. But, I, again, I think their data is really lagging. So they run the risk of going too far. What do you think? Again, I, we don't have a crystal ball. What do you think they do in December this month? I think they're they're going to raise by 50 basis points. Okay. Um, well, that's a slowdown from where they've been. Yes, yes. That, I mean, we did four interest rate increases of 75 basis points in a row. I mean, that's, that's pretty significant. Uh, that's, that's super painful. And if we go another half a percent, um, you know, that puts us at four and a half percent. That's a huge move. Yeah, it is. It is. That's that's for folks that have, you know, lines of credit businesses, which, by the way, most are. And most for those that maybe don't know this, most all business lines of credit, as you know, Scott, they float according to the numbers that you're talking about, the rate that you're talking about. And and I explained this before you came on. That's where I don't know that the Fed really understands they can create inflation if they go too far, because as we've always said, businesses don't absorb these things. They pass them on. Exactly. Um, you know, the, the one, one of the things that was very ironic that came out of the financial crisis, um, there was a big push uh, by the Democrats to penalize all the banks for everything. Um, and they, they jacked up all sorts of fees. But what we found out coming out of that is all that really happened was all those costs that the, you know, the Elizabeth Lawrence of the world pushed on the banks and Barney Franks, that wound up coming out of people's pockets. Right. The, the banks wound the banks wound up making more money because they didn't just get that money back; they added a little more to that. So what they really did was put more money in the banks' pockets. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Talk about Toll Brothers. I mean, that's a that's a for those of you that maybe don't know, they're here in the Denver area, but that's a builder, a nationwide builder, you know, fairly famous builder. Scott, I don't know how many projects they've got going on across the country, but you know, they're they're a very large builder. Yeah, yeah, man, they're 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 one of the biggest uh, publicly traded uh, home builders out there, and uh, so what Toll did, they reported earnings recently. Um, they were decent numbers, but one of the things that was the really interesting part that came out of their conference call was Toll said they're beginning to see building costs come down beyond just lumber. So, okay. you know, probably things like like nails, and bolts, you know, sure. steel girders, gutter, flashing, siding, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, metals prices are dropping. Uh, they're probably seeing shipping costs come down. Uh, we've seen the, the Baltic Dry Index, which is the, the shipping rates that send stuff across the, across the globe. That's probably 25% uh, of where it was you know, just two years ago. Uh, truckers, we're seeing trucking rates come down. But so they said that they're seeing costs down, come, come down across the board. They said they're steadily dropping. And what the CEO also said was they're starting to see the opportunity to build things faster and at a lower cost. So that's really interesting because people are really worried, especially in Wall Street right now, that with rates going up and prices of homes coming down, that it's going to destroy the home builders because it's going to completely crush their margins. Hmm. But what these guys are saying is... That might not be the case. Right. That they're they're starting to get some of that back. Um, so dropping prices may not necessarily kill it, kill their margins and kill their business. Um, that's also 
deflationary if they're seeing prices come down. Exactly. Exactly. No, I and by the way, I think that's, you know, that's good news. Now, will that have an effect upon current home prices personally? That's a whole nother conversation, Scott. I feel home prices in general, you know, like here in Colorado, I looked yesterday, we have 6,400 homes or so on the market. Normally, we have about 25,000 in a healthy market. So we're still in Colorado, we're still down in inventory. And I will tell you just from on a personal basis, looking at homes, half of that 6,500 is junk. Yeah, I believe it. It could be that people just, some of those homes could be stuff that people thought they would get into and just with home prices going up across the board, they were just going to be able to turn around and flip a piece of junk. Yep, there, there's that. I've seen flips that weren't flipped very well. I've seen, you know, of course, there's always the homes where, you know, an elderly individual maybe has to, to, to move and the kids are now selling the house. And there's some of those, which, again, you know, because they haven't redone them, they need redone, you know, which means there's still some some deals and stuff out there. But my point is, is, you know, here in Colorado, that 6,400 homes, those are not all top-notch, 100% move-in ready homes. I mean, there's a lot of garbage in that 6,400. Yeah, yeah, I, I I believe that. It's you know the, the flip side of that is maybe some of the nicer homes those people locked in three percent interest rates a year ago, and in their minds like why would I ever want to leave that? They're not going to, and that that's part of the problem we've got right now, in my opinion, and that's where I don't know that the feds have looked at all this correctly. All you've done when you had that low of rates. And people got locked into either a 15 or 30 year mortgage and they're sitting on 20, 30 percent equity. You think they're leaving? Heck no. No, not at all. And the, the, the other really interesting side of this dynamic is the number of families we've seen uh, new households form since 2012 versus the supply of homes before anything with interest rates happened. Before any of this, the market was already, we could have used another seven years worth of inventory right. just for supply to be able to meet the demand of new homes for them. Right. So the market is is technically challenged, and, and the worry being all the things you're talking about. If the Fed keeps raising interest rates, is that really going to bring that much more supply out? Hmm. And to the point you're making, probably not. Right, right. Now, you also had some interesting discussions over the you know, Thanksgiving holiday with some folks that you know. I've got some input that I want to add to that as well. You know, give us some of your findings, just, you know, sort of man on the street, sort of what I do as well. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, so um, I talked to a couple of friends of mine. They're, they're both sort of in construction, uh, infrastructure industries. Uh, the one has a big excavation business. It was local. It's now branching out into other surrounding states going more mid-Atlantic. Um, but so I've been talking to him about his ability to get supply, and he'd been telling me things like pipes had gone from I could get it in a week to went to six, it took six months to he didn't know when it was going to happen. Mm. And he said now he's starting to see that come back to pre-pandemic normal. He also said that prices had exploded higher and costs were just, they were, they were really sort of messing up jobs. Um, this individual told me that now he's seeing things turn the other way, um, that he is seeing prices drop again. So I have another buddy that is in the commercial roofing business, uh, or he owns a commercial roofing business, and he also is around the mid-Atlantic, and he's looking to spread out uh, more internationally, too, or not internationally, but sorry, domestically uh, across the country. Um, but 
he was telling me the exact same things. Uh, he's seen metal prices come down. Uh, he's seen a, a lot of supply pick back up. He's getting a lot of the guys he's dealing with saying they're getting inventory put back on them by guys who double ordered. Um, and so both of them have said that it's making it easier to figure out the timing around when they can do a job. Okay. And it's also allowing them to lower prices on bids they're doing. Okay. And they're, they're winding up. They're starting to chew through more of their backlog, and they're doing more work. Okay. Uh, and by the way, one thing I've always said, I teach my boys the same thing, that when times get a little bit tougher, a lot of folks that are in you know, business, they got in on sort of a shoestring. They thought, oh, I can do this better than the guy that I, I you know, that I work for. So I'm going to go buy a truck and do this or do that. You know, those are the guys right now, Scott, that really, really struggle. And frankly, they're the ones that typically drive prices down because no offense, they don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing in business. They bought a job. They didn't buy a business or start a business. And at the end of the day, they're not helping the industry out. And by the way, usually not even helping the customers out because they can't offer the same level of service warranty and so on that the other guys can. N- nothing against the little guys that want to get into it, but generally speaking, what I just said is true. What I also know yeah. is in these times, it cleans a lot of that up. Completely. That, that's right. The weekends, sort of like what we see in the stock market, the, the weekends tend to bail at the drop of a hat. And that winds up creating a better long-term situation because the, the strong sisters survive. Right. And they wind, they wind up doing better longer term. And frankly, to all the points you just made, the, the end product and the customers who use that end product, they wind up benefiting too because they get a better result at the end of the day. They do. They, they get folks that are trustworthy, that'll honor the warranty, that'll do things right the first time out, that'll do a quality job, yep. they can pay their people better. I mean, at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everybody. And I'm not saying anything against somebody wanting to start a business. I, I did it at one point. Uh, but, but I think, yep. again, Scott, what these times do is really, I, I just say it as it is, separates the men from the boys. Yes, yes, correct. And it's, and you find out quick if you're doing things the right way or the wrong way. I also know, and, and I think it was one of the things that encouraged by what you found, and I, by the way, I found the same thing, so I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dovetail into your excavation side of the fence. And I had an old excavator guy that I knew, learned a lot of things from, and he told me at one point in time, John, as long as you see rock trucks, dirt trucks, excavators, and cement mixers running around, the economy's doing just fine. The minute you start seeing those things parked and they're not moving anymore, watch out. It's going to be really tough. Guess what, Scott? All those things are still moving. Yeah, exactly. And that's, you know, man, that, that's, uh, that's some sage advice. It is, and, I, and I've always looked at that, and at times I'm driving around not being very happy about the rock truck that's next to me flinging stuff all over me, but then I have to remind myself that, you know what, that's a sign that the economy is doing okay, and I'll put up with that because the alternative is a lot worse. Well, you know, it's funny. I used to do, uh, growing up, I did a lot of summer jobs in construction. I don't know if we talked about this before, but, um, but, you know, one of the things I found, too, a lot of those guys in those industries they tend to be very liberal with their money. They're not always thinking about saving for a right. rainy day. Uh, so those guys will spend. And to the, the point of that advice that gentleman gave you, when you see those trucks constantly on the road and those guys have money in their pockets, they're going to buy lunches, name it, they're going to go to bars, they're gonna go to restaurants, whatever, and 
they're going to spend their money, and that's what greases the wheels of the economy and makes it work. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, the minute everybody stops spending money is when we have problems. As long as people keep spending, typically, you know, we're, we're okay, Scott. And, and again, I'm not saying that... You know, trying trying to be yeah. some pie in the sky, but and I know there's always different pockets and things, and especially now, and I think 2023 will be very much that way. I think you're going to see some pockets of the country do really well. I think there's going to be some pockets that maybe don't do so well. Uh, but you know, I, I I guess one of the things I wanted to, wanted to get, and maybe last couple of minutes here with you is there's a lot of naysayers, even talk show hosts out there that are talking about you know, this great reset and things are going to get really tough and go stock up on gold and silver because the economy is going to crash. Everything's going to be digital on currency, yada, 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 yada. Scott, I just don't see that happening. I'm sorry. I mean, you can't. I feel exactly the same way. Look, what I, what I do think we're seeing some of is what we've been talking about is I think there's some disinflationary trends that are starting to show up. Agree. It doesn't mean people aren't. It doesn't mean people aren't working, and it doesn't mean, I mean, we just talked about several examples where we're seeing and hearing things from people where they're actually doing more work because prices are dropping. Um, so I think what what could very well be happening right now is this disinflationary trend is taking hold in more places, and people are reading and saying, oh, well, that's all happening because there's no demand and the economy is falling apart. Instead of seeing it for what it's worth, it. Prices got way out of control, and supplies got pulled way down, making inflation worse. And now some of these things are starting to reset back to where they maybe should have been in the first place. And all that government stimulus is sort of working its way out of the system, and it's not influencing prices higher. And we're going back to where we should have been in the first place. And so as that happens, prices come down, things get better, and if that does happen... The Fed will have gone too far, and the Fed may have to turn around and cut again pretty quickly. I, I, and I again, I'm not going to predict a cut in 2023 because it may not happen until 2024. Although, if things yeah. go the route of what you just said a moment ago, late 23, there may be a cut. I, I strongly feel that way. Okay, we're on the same page. All right, last but not least. Uh, market. The last co- the last guest I had said that we are nowhere close to the bottom of the market. Don't buy yet. If you do, make sure you buy very safe things. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I think those are fair comments. I mean, I, I think everybody everybody I talk to right now and all the stuff I could see from all the market strategists is they're extremely dire about everything, and they think you know the, the first quarter we're going to see. A reset on all sorts of owning on numbers and stuff, and it's it's possible. And look, if people, it could become a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think the lows are in, but I do think if we get a healthy pullback in the first quarter, I think that's going to be a really good buy opportunity. Okay. Um, you know, you know, I think bonds are going to be attractive because yields might not get back to this range for a while. And I think especially quality comes. I I feel bad because I keep mentioning the like McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Hershey. Bristol Myers. If you buy those type of names on a pullback, I think when you reinvest those dividends, you're going to do very well in the long term. All right, Scott. How do folks find you? Sure. Stansberryinvestor.com. Um, come check out our free stuff. Come check out our paid stuff. We're doing that for a little guy. Scott, appreciate you as always.
You too, man. Thanks for your time. You bet. Have a great night. And I know Scott takes time out of his evenings to be with us. It's almost 8 o'clock where he's at, so I appreciate that very much. Flesh and Beck is next. Kevin Flesh, Flesh, Flesh and Beck Law Firm. It's F-L-E-S-C-H. Anything you need legally speaking, give Kevin a call. Trial tested, trial ready. 303-806-8886. Get relief from Flesh and Beck. You just got in an accident, so you call the police. You make sure you get a thorough record of the scene. Then after the initial adrenaline wears off, your mind starts to swirl with all the things you need to do. Insurance claims, car repairs, doctor visits, medical bills, on top of the physical pain you're in. Flesh and Beck will give you relief from the financial stress so that you can focus on healing. Call Flesh and Beck immediately after your accident for a free consultation. Then you can rest while they talk to your insurance company. Personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh will relieve your burden of financial worries. All you need to do is call him right now. 303-806-8886. Call Kevin Flesh immediately after your accident and get relief from the financial stress of an injury. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. All right, make sure that your network is secure, your business network, I should say, but that involves people that work for you and even their home networks also. Make sure that you're dialed in on all fronts. Denver IT Security, 720-593-6688. You can put any number of locks on your front door, but someone can still walk in through the back door. The network security of your business is no different. Your small business can stay nimble and protected with full-time monitoring from Denver IT Security. There are so many ways or attack vectors that hackers use to get into your network, your email, the internet, websites, software, etc. There's no catch-all product that protects you from every type of attack. But service with Denver IT Security gives you around-the-clock protection. Not properly protecting yourself makes you an even bigger target, and you don't have the resources to monitor that on top of everything else you have to worry about as a small business owner. Let Denver IT Security handle the ins and outs of guarding your network so you can get back to running your business. Lock the back door, too. Set up your security consultation now at 720-593-6688. That's 720-593-6688. Or send an inquiry to klzradio.com security. Is solar right for you? You know what? I can't answer that, but Alan Davis can. 303-378-7537. Imagine what having a $0 per month electricity bill would be like in retirement. As soon as you get solar installed with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners, you'll start saving on your power bill. The monthly cost for solar will never increase no matter how much energy you use. Owning solar is like having a net zero power bill that eventually turns into a monthly credit when you finish the monthly payments on the solar panels. What you save can give you extra money each month to use as you see fit. Installing solar used to be cost prohibitive, but not anymore. Just consider the amount of money you shell out every month on your power bill alone. The energy provider profits on that money because it isn't being invested. Investing your payments in solar means that money will actually serve a purpose. When you finish your payments, you won't have to pay for power anymore. Call Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners now to set up a consultation appointment. 303-378-7537. 303-378-7537. Or visit klzradio.com sun. Golden Eagle Financial. Call out today and get set up an appointment by the end of the year. Just go to klzradio.com.
Planning for your retirement doesn't need to be rigid to be a solid plan. Al Smith with Golden Eagle Financial asks what is uniquely important to you before diving into the numbers, getting an accurate picture of how to realistically get there. Once Al understands your individual circumstances, he can figure out what needs to be adjusted, positioning you with the best trajectory to reach your goal. Golden Eagle Financial wants to get to know what you want your retirement to look like so that a plan can be created to make that happen. By incorporating a strategy that works with your lifestyle, Al can partner with you to make sure that a comfortable retirement is in your future. Schedule a conversation at his office for a fresh look at your financial future. Call 303-744-1128, 303-744-1128 now, or visit klzradio.com money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered advisor. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance can help you shop the market so that you get the right coverage at the right price. Whether it is your home, auto, classic car, or liability insurance, GIA has got you covered. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100, or go online to e-gia.com. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we've got a couple minutes left. Dan and Blackhawk, go ahead, sir. How you doing, John? Good, Dan. Well, I'm doing okay. I texted you earlier today. I didn't know you were talking to Dr. Kelly. No, no worries. What did she say? About which one? Give me which text. Sorry, I got a lot. So I was at the doctor's. They wanted to test me for COVID, and I said no, and they insisted on doing it three or four times, and I said no, no. Good for um, you. Yeah. It, it does. So, it, and her point was, it doesn't make any difference at the end of the day. I mean, even if you had it, how, are they going to treat you any differently? Um, I don't think so. They there you can't go. Really treat you. They can't treat you for COVID, can they? Well, I mean, they well, if they want to, they can, a matter of whether or not they want to or not. Sure, there's ivermectin and all sorts of things they can give you if they want. But at this point in time, it's nothing more than a common cold anyways. Yes. And I was going in for a sinus infection, which is totally different. Correct. And she said, well, I don't think you have one because your sinuses are clear. But I didn't tell her. I've been taking medication, over-the-counter medication, to try to clear me up. And so, I don't know. She said, well, you should see all the people that are, we are seeing that are getting sick with, uh, what, e- ESD or whatever. RSV. Stuff. Yeah, I was like, well, how many of those people have actually had the shot? And how many people are getting sick now because of it? Right. So, you know, so. Great point. Anyways, <laughs> I just don't want, I, I was busy going back and I didn't have a chance. No, that's all right. No, no. Get, and I, we're out of time. Get the feeling better, Dan. Text me again and I can give you more details on what she said. But no, appreciate that. Hope to hope you feel better. Uh, fought kind of the same thing this last week myself, so I know what you're going through. And no, I did not go to the doctor. So I'm, I'm right here in front of you. So guys, have a great night. The first hour replays next with Dr. Kelly Victory and Steve House. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.